Hi, and welcome to the HeartSeed Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goldstein. We're talking to inspiring people about heart-opening, soul-enlivening, body-enhancing practices intended to help us cultivate health and enhance our lives. Oh, the seeds we sow must break open in order to grow, shed their skin, allow light to breathe in. Today we're talking with Sarah Brody. Sarah Brody is a doula, a reproductive health coach, and an evolving student of spiritual midwifery. She attended Birthingway College of Midwifery, where she gained much of the knowledge of the reproductive sciences, while also mastering the important clinical skills and the ways of nonviolent communication. She's traveled to Ina Mae Gaskin's farm out in Tennessee, where she was able to learn how to trust the beauty of the reproductive process from the spiritual midwives themselves. She's also apprenticed the art of midwifery with a number of different midwives who have all continued the tradition of ancient apprenticeship model, passing down their knowledge to her so she can teach the lessons to the next people who decide to walk a similar path. She also happens to be my sister-in-law, full disclosure there, and um, one of my favorite people. So thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Noah. Happy to be here. Yay. Um, so why don't you share, so what I didn't say in the intro um, was that you recently started a company called Moon Lodge, and um, our, which by the way, for anyone on Instagram, I think has the most amazing Instagram feed ever in terms of like aesthetics and in educational content and like heart-touching, uplifting messaging. Um, and so you're doing a lot of really amazing things around reproductive coaching. And um, I'd love if you could step back and maybe give us a little bit of the story around how how you got to, to where you are now. Sure. So I have been studying midwifery and working as a doula since 2014, and I have been apprenticing with midwives and doing my own doula work with private clients and also working uh, in uh, a hospital setting. Uh, And something that I was observing through my work with pregnant people and um, people who go into the postpartum period is that there's a really there's a really strange transition uh, into understanding what actually goes on during pregnancy uh, how their body actually works Mm. and then there's a big transition when the birth of a child comes into the world and I have supported people, what I call as they enter in the trenches of their postpartum period. Mm-hmm. And I started realizing that there is a lack of education around reproductive health and 
there really isn't a model or um, a service that is offered around understanding in a holistic way what your reproductive health means to you and how it works Mm. and how there's a lot of us who take uh, hormonal contraceptives and there's um, a completely different uh, way of looking at your reproductive health when that happens Mm. and it just felt like there is this huge dark black hole of missing information yeah and I would try to fill it in with my clients the best that I could but it always felt like I was just I was kind of just always beating my head against the wall and giving too much information or it's just going right over their head and I wanted to change that Mm. I really felt like if we have some way to learn about reproductive health and learn about what your reproductive health looks like because everybody has a different way, mm-hmm. then uh, we can be informed humans and be able to make the right choices for their body, for their mind, for their future, mm-hmm. for their fertility. And I just had that in the back of my mind every time I would work with a client or a patient in the hospital. And I was getting really tired. <laughs> <laughs> of being on call Mm. and uh, having a lifestyle as a birth worker where my time really wasn't my own and it's an incredible service and I felt like I was looking for an avenue to use my skills in a way that was sustainable for me Mm. and so I came up with Moon Lodge and at first it was just an Instagram Uh and I was I was just thinking oh you know I'm just going to put posts up with content that says hey this is how your hormones work during your menstrual cycle and here are ways birth control pills affect your cycle and this is how you treat a natural yeast infection and just well well person information mm-hmm. and free. Right. Uh, so I wanted to start out like that and see, huh, is there is there an interest there? Are people really wanting to know this information? And what I learned with the small sample size that, that I have on Instagram is that, yeah, people do want to learn this information because no one's telling them how. You know, there's information that I believe all girls should learn when they get their period. Yeah. Uh, is how does your body work? What is your menstrual cycle? And I didn't know that until I went to midwifery school and I was in a gynecological uh, skills class and we learned about the menstrual cycle. And I, I had a big moment of like, whoa, wow how have I not known that about my body? Right. You know, I had so many myths in my head huh. of what it was like. Can you give an example of what? I didn't realize that the first day of my period was the first day of my cycle, my oh, wow. new cycle. Yeah. I just, I assumed it was the end of my cycle. Okay. 
And I also didn't realize that there's only a period of time during my cycle that I'm actually fertile. Right. And can have a a baby and, and, or conceive a baby. And that, that, information when I learn that oh wow there's cycle there's cycles within our cycle Mm. and that I don't I'm not always at risk of getting pregnant the whole time right I mean (laughs) it's crazy to think I mean technically you know women ovulate on a day and there's like a 24 to maybe 48 hour period where the egg can be fertilized and so unless there's already sperm in the body or sperm gets into the body during that period then there's not going to be a pregnancy and I mean, it, but, but that, oh, wow, it's only that like 24 hour period that the, you know, that that's not just like common knowledge that we all learn. And it's especially ironic, given the fact that there are health classes in most high schools in the country, they're just pretty poorly um, administered, I guess. They don't even talk about the menstrual cycle in sexual education. At least it was when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, I don't remember those details. I don't remember learning about the hormones. And um, I didn't learn it until I was in acupuncture school and um, taking my, gyne- my gynecological courses. And it's, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty strange to think that, like, we all walking around in these bodies and there's some basic foundational pieces that we don't know what they are and how they work. Yeah, totally confusing to me and that there's there's this this window that needs to be filled mm-hmm. for education around reproductive health and I really believe that I really really believe that and I want to debunk the myths and yeah. that uh, I came up with moon when I came up with moon lodge I had a couple ideas on how I wanted to do that one was through free content online Mm -hmm. so I write blogs I write my Instagram posts and I do free webinars monthly at this point and then I offer uh, private coaching and the the goal around that is everybody has their own story Uh and some people are coming in with a story that's more complicated than others and so I offer a pretty wide range of services with my coaching so someone can work with me if they know nothing about their cycle and they just want a couple sessions to get one-on-one uh almost tutoring Uh what are the basics yeah and then I work with women on more specific things so if they have chronic yeast infections then I would come up with a health and wellness protocol to help them okay if they have pretty much uh run all of the options that were given to them right and I look at it as a holistic approach so I really I really like to get a whole a whole picture on why is it that you're having a reoccurring yeast infection Mm. and sometimes it can be something that you didn't even think could be causing the yeast infection that is like what like like they're on birth control pills right (laughs) yeah or they're using a soap Uh, that's causing irritation Uh uh-huh or they're eating too much sugar and they don't even realize that 
that would be connected and how could some it could be questionable how certain parts of our body are connected to certain other parts of our body given sort of what we learn in typical like western culture around how the body works and yeah yeah it's really interesting to to acknowledge when you are someone who's working in the health field Mm -hmm. that to you it seems obvious Mm. that yeah the apples and the fruit juice that you drink (laughs) every morning uh seems healthy because on a greater nutritional and our our u.s society's version of what good nutrition is that fruits and vegetables are amazing for your health and you should be eating them and i agree but if you're, you know, eating or eating a huge box of peaches, right? Then yeah, maybe you're gonna be out of balance. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I work with that, and I um, also have um, have worked with clients who have. Um, experience loss pregnancy loss Mm. or abortion and Mm. counseling and coaching around how to restore their reproductive health get them back to where they were before and also just support support them through a really hard transition time period so that's what my my menstrual health coaching packages look like uh, I kind of cater them to whoever's coming to me. Right. Now, I know there's a a deeply spiritual part of, of this work for you that that it's, yes, there's this, there's the hormones and there's the foods that we eat and there's the herbs that you can take and um, and that's all really important. But I, I'm, I'm also under the impression that you're it's really important for you to address the whole person and um and connect with people about the emotions and the spiritual kind of beliefs that maybe they have or the the psychological beliefs that they have around their um reproductive selves or their sexual selves right because Mm -hmm. reproductive wellness is obviously tied into our relationship to our sexual selves and and sensual selves and there's a lot of taboos and shames around that does that show up in some of the work that you do or absolutely I was just thinking about how my intake form Mm. is probably not like any intake form anyone has ever filled out Mm. in the way of really under trying to get a full understanding of their health history that's not just about surgeries and previous illnesses and the nitty-gritty of what we are taught in school and you know midwifery school or acupuncture school of the information that you must gain Mm -hmm. to really understand Mm -hmm. yeah so I would say that I I focus a lot on the spiritual aspect of the connection between mind and body and how that works uh, with each other or works against each other mm. and my I, I would say that my bread and butter of an offering uh, is something that I a curriculum and a private program that I created called Fertile Ground and this 
program is specifically for people who have not had children, Mm. who are thinking about having children, and that they are able to process what it means to be the person that they are Mm -hmm. before they have or decide to walk down the road of conceiving Mm. And it's, um, I sometimes call it conscious conception, where you're consciously deciding and figuring out your place in the role that's so powerful and bringing in new life. And with that program, I would say I create a pretty, pretty intense protocol that focuses on promoting fertility. Mm. and creating a hormonal balance so if someone wants to decide to have uh try to have um a child Mm -hmm. that they can feel physically prepared as best that they can but i also created a curriculum that supports the mind body connection in a way that uh, I'm trying to put into words what yeah. exactly uh, it, it you can take out of it. But essentially, I've created a time to mourn the maiden. Mm-hmm. That's so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched I watched Rachel go through that process in terms of um, – I mean, it's it's a tricky time. The the, I mean, some, it often doesn't happen until people are pregnant, and and sometimes it doesn't even it doesn't happen at all. And sometimes it doesn't happen until after, you know, the birth. And there's this kind of slap in the face of like, holy moly, my life is so different, and I don't have the freedom. I don't have the independence that I used to have. There's this little being that's dependent on me, and and it's a big change. And I mean, I know even as a man going through that shift into fatherhood it it yeah it's 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 hard and unless there's my impression and assumption is that unless there's some sort of space or process of mourning what was you can't really fully step into and embrace what is and what is becoming and i mean even when we're having our second kids, Zephyr, like we had to really just soak in those last moments of being a family of three and as excited and as we were to embrace a new person into the journey of our family, we had to let go of the specialness of being just a family of three and just having that connection with Hazel. And so um yeah so i totally i think that's so vital and important i'm really glad that that's a part of what you know you offer and what you do thanks you know i spoke earlier about the trenches of the postpartum yeah and one of the reasons why i came up with the fertile ground program was actually because after being of service to many, many families through pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. 
something that came to me through learning from the families and the mother and the children, which is a huge part of my work as a birth worker is that, yes, I have the, the, the education to, to provide, you know, facts Mm -hmm. about your health. Mm-hmm. But I've learned that the families are have been my biggest teacher mm. when it comes to my my work yeah. now. And what I realized is that through pregnancy, for most of the people that I have helped, they are overwhelmed with being pregnant. And that although there might be a consciousness around all the things all the stuff that ha- that the transition is stirring in them, there isn't a lot of space to address it. Because, first of all, the pregnant person is pregnant with someone else. So they are occupied mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. And so as soon as conception occurs, the transition, it's a, you're already a mother. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. And that there it's hard to compartmentalize or to work on the person who was before that. Right. Because the focus and a lot of it's a it's a physical focus uh-huh. and that your body is requiring that focus. And so, you know, we would sit in prenatal appointments And stuff would come up about fears and, you know, how things are going to change and the transition. And it just, I could never really see a click Mm -hmm. happen. Yeah. And if some people, it was more challenging than other people. You know, it just depends on where they have come to from in their past to this point today. Right. And I do believe that some people have really worked on um, understanding who they are and really carving out what their true sense of self is. But uh, it's always an evolving process, right? Mm-hmm. So, so then I would see it come up in the birth. Oh. You mean like, so women who, all those fears, all those anxieties, all of those unprocessed things that 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 around becoming a mother would would somehow impact what the actual birth process itself i think so okay i mean it seems reasonable to believe that it would be you know i would be as an observer and a supporter taking mental notes on just what has what i what i am anticipating potentially may come up in a birth Mm -hmm. a lot of times it would manifest in different ways i can never ever make assumptions about anyone Mm -hmm. or make predictions about anyone Mm -hmm. and and that they're never they're typically never what i think it's gonna be but it's expressed in a different way and then when i look back i'm like huh okay that might have been what i feel like was circling in the prenatal and we just never really got there and then it manifests in birth Mm. and so because I think the birth is such a dance between mama and baby 
and it's two people trying to figure out how to make this this huge transition and and opening that threshold the door of the life that's about to breathe breathe their first gasp of air and so that would be just something that I would observe and it just kept happening Mm. and then the postpartum happened Uh and when the postpartum happened I would notice that there was no space for and as you know as a parent who has been has experienced the postpartum period that there is very little space for your own self-growth intentionally oh yeah absolutely it's kind of thrown in your face well you're depleted you're exhausted you're overwhelmed and not just by the actual event but then all of the people who want to meet the baby see the baby help out but you know cook food it's just there's a constant barrage of well, distractions, and and I think that often the little time that there is to oneself as a new mother, or you know, it's spent sleeping, or should be spent sleeping because the the body just needs that rest, and 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 that's even and and that could be. I mean, some people are going to to work a week even or two weeks after after the birth in in some situations, and even if you have a few months, there there's still just such a learning curve and so much going on and if it's a second child you know there's there's the first child to tend to and as yeah so i would absolutely agree that 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 initial post-birth postpartum phase is 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 not the ideal or not the easiest time to try to have an intentional process around what's going on yeah yeah it's a the resource bank is very low yeah and I observe in the postpartum period, just as a birth worker, that there's an energy in the postpartum space. And it's a mix of extreme bliss and tender happiness and just the, the most extreme heart opening experience anyone can can go through and then there is also this darkness that I have felt Mm -hmm. and that darkness that I have felt is I have interpreted as grief tremendous grief and so it's this interesting balance because you have this amazing beautiful life that's in front of you that you have made and there's also a sense of loss and that loss has been a shift in identity yeah and that identity shift really cannot be addressed until later on when you're in the trenches of postpartum. So I believe that new parents, and especially the mother, I I also think that the father goes through a similar transition. It's just not, 
physical. Right. There's a lot of physical demands on a new mother. And that time can go in and out of light and dark for a new mom. Yeah. And there's not a lot of support that addresses that uh, ebb and flow of trying to to find who you are in the mix of having a resource bank that's super low mm-hmm. and not really knowing how to ask for help right. in that way. Right. Like you ask for help. Oh, can you clean this or cook this or help take this or but when it comes to I just need someone to hold me so that I can cry and and not try to fix the cry, that's hard to ask for. Right, the release. Everyone assumes that once the baby's born, it is happy, happy, right. lightness. Oh my gosh, everyone's healthy and, and happy. Right. That's typically what people say when they make a birth announcement. Everyone is healthy and happy. Right. And, when, and I think that our culture doesn't, a lot of new parents feel guilt and shame around feeling sad or, you know, if they can even acknowledge it to themselves, let alone to anyone else. And it's, it's this like taboo of, oh no, yes, oh, we're so happy, we're so blessed, you know, even though we're exhausted and don't really know who we are anymore and... Um, yeah, it's a really big upheaval and it, yeah, it can really, it can be a challenging time. It's an isolating time. It's incredibly isolating. Which I find fascinating because most people have a million people coming in out of their house all the time. So so you would think that it's not so lonely, but inside it is extremely lonely because, there's there everyone can only relate based on their own experience Mm -hmm. and that time period the post the early postpartum especially tends to be one that is dissociated from later on because it was so hard and different yeah and then as soon as you grow into this new person of you of who you are and you're working you know you're you're captivated by your child yeah then that that separation and identity starts to fade away but not for everyone and this is why i really believe that we have higher rates of postpartum depression right now is that there isn't a lot of space and discussion around why this is this period is so challenging and so my solution to this type of um this 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 trans i would say kind of a train wreck of a transition that most people experience uh is due to the fact that there's not a lot of conversation that happens before conception what is it that is going to change in your life deeply? What is it that you're carrying from your your the inner workings of yourself? So beyond what is your identity, because I, I like to separate what is your true sense of self versus what is your 
identity. Mm. Identity, I think, is really um, an ego-based way of describing who you are. Right. Whereas self is, it's what you were born uh-huh. with. Yeah. And then as soon as you have influences, the influences around you start helping you carve out what you decide is your identity. Right. And so I think getting in touch touch with your true sense of self before entering into a transition that is extremely uh, life-changing is an incredible way to prepare. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It, it's reminding me, um, uh, I read, there's a book um, called Nature and the Human Soul by Bill Plotkin. And he goes through the sort of developmental stages that we all go through. And there's this phase called the wanderer in the cocoon. Mm. And it it comes in, you know, it's considered like late adolescence or early adulthood. So after after high school, you know, in those college years, maybe post-college, there's this sense it can be a dark time of drifting and wandering and um trying to figure out yeah who the hell you are um and it's not a a a phase or a process that our culture really embraces um and not everyone even descends fully into it because they're on the well i'm gonna go to college and get a job and you know they're checking off all of those boxes of what they're supposed to do in life um and if they are wandering then there can be a lot of shame and guilt around that and um and when when one emerges from that one emerges with it with with the sense of who they are and um as what bill plotkin refers to an apprentice at the wellspring Mm -hmm. and there's a level of maturity that is part of that stage that and he says you know in the quote-unquote ideal world people wouldn't become parents until they've kind of reached that that stage where they have a real sense of who they are and 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 what what their soul level gifts to the world are and um yeah and and it's why just i'm appreciating that i mean there's a different type of midwifing that you're attempting to do here with people um almost like a self like i mean you think of the wanderer in the cocoon and that cocoon is the womb and what emerges out of it, the new self, right? That's a birth process. And so, you know, what I'm hearing mm-hmm. in what you're saying is that you're having done the, the the other type of birth work are now kind of doing another type of birth work. Um, yeah, I, I, I call it the new midwife, mm. the new type of midwife. Uh, that's been kind of my motto as I step out of doing birth work and stepping into this new type of support system and service work so yeah you nailed it and and 
Bill Plotkin is someone that I've read and feel very inspired by in uh, his writings and is some it has been uh it's been reassuring to read his work because that has been so much of um like it has validated my thought process it's like oh i'm not crazy (laughs) someone else has thought this before me right so so yeah so that so that's it's funny you asked me this question of what do you do? And then this, of course, right. is what, what comes out of it. So yeah, so this this is what I love. This is what I want to offer the world because I don't believe it exists. And I think some facilitation is really helpful when when it's it's just there's not a lot of resources around what do you do to prepare for this transition? Mm -hmm. And it's most of the time just a box you check in the trajectory. Right. Okay. You know, it can be, it's like, okay, like it's time or it just happens and you're having to catch up. Mm -hmm. And I'm just hoping that as we evolve as humans that, and we are living in a very challenging world Mm -hmm. and bringing in new life in this world is complicated in itself because there's so much unpredictability and we know so much right now. So there isn't a lot of uh, hiding from the information that we know about what, what is when it comes to our planet and, and what's going on. So, yeah, I, I I don't know. I've been that's what I feel most connected to in my work right now is to see less hardship uh, through the transition and less bootstrapping. Mm. It's like okay, we all can bootstrap, and to an extent, you can't predict. And this is what I I am very clear about is that you you cannot fully know what it's going to be like when you cross the threshold from maiden to mother you just can't right know what you can do is know who you are Mm -hmm. and when you know who you are it will help you yeah because then you can support your own child Mm -hmm. in a place with two feet on the ground and being really clear and adaptable on what is changing about you mm-hmm. and being able to identify that shift. I mean, oh, it's funny because when, when in hearing you, I'm, I'm just, I'm going back to the, the gap around youth rites of passage and around the education around our bodies and who we, and, and the process of self-discovery that, could and 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 should be happening you know when we're 14 when we're 15 that that used to in traditional cultures there there's a whole process of of leaving the village becoming an adult Mm -hmm. becoming an initiated adult who understands their role in the world and who they are you know in the ideal situation is a precursor to becoming a parent and, and our culture doesn't really support that process. And so what we have are a lot of uh, quote-unquote adults 
who are adults in most ways and but there's a kind of soul level heart level you know psyche level piece that that isn't necessarily there and it's not i'm not saying this from a place of of judgment Mm -hmm. um as you know as much of of like a acknowledgement that yeah you're coming in and and helping people go through the process that is so vital that you know in the ideal world right would be happening at a much younger age or at a much different place i'm also Mm -hmm. assuming that since you're working with people sort of closer to when they want to be having children that they're also a little bit older maybe right maybe i also have i have been very surprised about the younger younger people who want to have children earlier and in, the, in in their their desires to do it in a way that's different we're these this new gen these the generations that are younger than me and i'm you know in the child the childbearing years right now quote unquote you know it's like it's so different depending on on just who you are and and uh what's comfortable for you right um but there is this shift in 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 necessary change on how we how we how we want to evolve as humans and so Uh my hope is that you know there are movements now period they're called period movements of you know young young people you know educating their in high school educating about their periods and trying to you know knock down taboos about your period and nice and i love seeing that because it gives me hope yeah. that there's a there's a stirring uh-huh. and I think there has to be and I think that yeah that there that this evolvement of 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 understanding what is truly yours and what is not and that that I believe is important to identify if possible so it doesn't get carried on to your children Mm. okay so when you say what's yours and what's not you're talking about those voices in in our heads and and the qualities of you know even personality qualities in terms of or just like those parts of ourselves that we've inherited that actually don't belong to us or we've internalized that don't belong to us and um how working through that unhinging that the things that don't really belong to us is a way of liberating ourselves into becoming the more full and authentic version of ourselves is that yeah yes i would say that's that is definitely how i feel and also it if you have that awareness of what's yours and what's not, so maybe I should use an example. So say you've experienced, this is a question that I ask in my Fertile Ground program, is do you remember the first time you felt shame? Whoa. And I mean the very first time. Mm -hmm. And that question is going to bring up a lot of things that are not yours 
because that shame that you feel is coming from someone else or someplace else that you're not fitting in Mm -hmm. to wherever you are Mm -hmm. and that I really do believe that as adults we carry that shame and that even though it doesn't maybe it's not address you're not addressing it all the time but occasionally it'll come up in your 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 consciousness of like oh I remember that one memory Mm -hmm. and that memory comes up and 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 then it just leaves. Uh-huh. Instead of looking at that memory and going, "Why? Why did I feel that way?" Right. What is it that made me feel that way? Uh-huh. And that's an example of kind of looking at it in the face and saying, "Huh. I was confused about this specific thing." Because I didn't have an opinion about it. And I was just literally acting in, in the form of my true sense of self. Right. And it wasn't until someone came in and made me feel shame right. that I started questioning if that's an appropriate thing or not. Right. And so that's the kind of stuff that we keep in our, our bodies. Yeah. And that they express themselves through so many different physical manifestations. And then and then that shame gets passed down to your children. Right. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it's that's I mean, it's intense. It is intense. And it's the but that's like that's the real the real big work. It's big work. Yeah. And it's so it's so it's so great when you do the big work because it's this lift. It's this huge lift of, oh, okay, you know, you can do everything right about your your wellness and your physical well-being because, yes, it's our vessel and we must take care of our vessel. But also our mind will do wacko things Oh yeah. when it comes to uh, inhibiting our physical wellness mm-hmm. and that there's so much... There's so much togetherness. It's a together team. Right. And I'm sure you've you experience it every day. Every day. Yes. <laughs> and 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 you know, no one's perfect, but it's just, you know, when you open these doors of big work and big change, then you're able to walk lighter. And then the people who walk behind you in your footsteps mm-hmm. get to just they get to also walk lighter yeah. because they're not carrying stuff that isn't theirs. Right. And so that is what I really believe mm. and really what I I want to support people in doing this big work. And my hope is that we'll have healthy and um, in, embodied humans who are parents. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a huge part of of what I, I mean, I think probably most of our listeners and, and the practitioners that, you know, I are in sort of my like network of practitioners and the people that are closest to me are all, we're all trying to do this, this great big work on ourselves and, and with each other and in connection to, to all that is. I, I mean, 
it's similar. I mean, I just started this group called the Council of Fathers, and and it's I'm trying to do that same work in in a different setting, right? It's a bunch of fathers, men trying to connect and and do that exploration and be in community and and explore some of those taboos and have a process of being able to feel not alone in that process and so which is so important you know I focus so much on the on the on the mother in my work (laughs) but but I have also realized how alone the, the partner can feel through the whole thing the whole the whole thing the whole parenting thing yeah and <laughs> and how there's midwifing there as well absolutely that's necessary so i think that's amazing and i think that we're living in a also in a world where i think the identity of what a father is is so different for every person yeah and that yeah, it's a masculine role. And what does that look like yeah. when the feminine is so demanding? <laughs> <laughs> well, and even what is masculine, what does healthy masculinity look like? Right. Period, I think, is a, is a, is a big and challenging question. And um, what does a human being who is male, how, does, how do they embody masculinity and what type of room is there for their femininity and and feminine sides and you know i mean there's a whole that's a whole another it's a whole another i was was like oh Um, i have so much to say about that yeah um (laughs) me too yeah i think that's really that's really uh amazing amazing work and i hope that 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 the fathers out there find the courage to open those doors for themselves they they are they are i'm seeing it so that's awesome um well this has been a delightful conversation i'm curious um if there's anything that you're like ooh, i if like i just want to make sure everyone knows this or wish everyone knew this or you know, or not, or just like an uplifting message and or, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Um, and then after that, we'll dive into how people can get in touch with you. And I think we covered a lot of really deep, deep conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to say that this this deep work that you can find within yourself uh, isn't is approachable Mm. and working with the right people can really help get you where you where you long to be Mm. in knowing who you are and that we are never perfect and Mm. that the struggle is so real and it's learning how to face those struggles and the fears that come with those struggles and wrestle with them and then decide that 
that the march forward is the most important and that we that we can make conscious choices and that becoming a someone who chooses to to learn about themselves in a deep in a deeper way is such an amazing gift mm-hmm. and to give yourself and is a part of self-care that I think is confusing because it's not the de- defined what is self-care uh-huh. uh, and that as uh, someone who is is creating a new type of midwifery that there are midwives like me who are here to help you become the person you want to learn about yourself becoming or what have you and that 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 I'm here for those of you listening that want to do this big work uh and are anticipating the transition ahead and that thresholds are powerful mm-hmm. and that as a as a birth worker has given me ex- incredible amount of, of insight on on how much the human experience differs and how much the human experience is also very similar we're all experiencing similar things and then you're just not alone and yeah. you don't have to be alone yeah there's no reason to to lock those doors if you don't have to thank you yeah that's a really important um message for everyone to hear and i i want to um I want to follow that up just by saying that there are a lot of different types of, of, of birthing processes out there. And I know, I mean, I work a lot with fertility and um, for women, and it's not always a guaranteed outcome. Um, and that we are all on this planet to to birth all sorts of magical things into the world and only some mystery that we cannot understand will help us figure that out what what that thing is for us absolutely the unknowns there's power in the unknowns Mm -hmm. so if people want to get in touch with you they can go to they can go to my website right which is which is moon-lodge.com we don't even include the www anymore. Everybody knows. That's such a boomer thing to do. <laughs> and I offer 20-minute free consultations via Zoom. I do most of my work online and I can work with anybody anywhere, which is what I am super excited about with this yeah. new shift in my career. And yeah, and you can follow me on Instagram. And you should. I highly recommend it. You should follow me on Instagram too. <laughs> us, but and yeah, and yeah, I I hope that 
that yeah you find me if you need if you need me great and you have a downloadable guide too i do i have a free guide that you can download that gives a a general general rundown of what are the myths and truths of your menstrual cycle cool cool well um thank you so much sarah for coming onto the show today and sharing um your story and your inspiration and um the work that you do um for all of our listeners out there i hope you enjoyed this show and uh, if you did feel free to share it and with someone who may appreciate it or enjoy it or get something out of it um you can always get in touch with me noah at heartseedhealth.com um and through our website and as always we have that guide for emotional resilience which you can download um and we send out Mood Boost Monday newsletters, which are a little short um, pie, uh, playlists. So hope you're having a great day do, driving somewhere or hiking or doing the dishes. And we look forward to uh, seeing you next time. Thanks. Must break open in order to grow. Shed their skin. Allow light to breathe in Shed their skin